It's gone! It's a grand slam! And that's the ball game. This is the Prospects Baseball Show, your inside look at the boys and girls of summer. Here's your hosts, Dean Millard and Jordan Blundell. Hello there and welcome to episode 23 of the Prospects Baseball Show. My name is Dean Millard and I have the head coach and the assistant GM of the Eminent Prospects in studio with me as usual. Jordan Blundell, how are you? I'm good, Dino. Episode Michael Jordan. Yeah. Uh, well, it, I guess, is this the, the greatest episode of all time? <laughs> it has to be. You aren't one of the ones that thinks LeBron James is better than Jordan, are you? Oh, man, I grew up in the Chicago Bulls okay. days. Who didn't have one of those starter jackets? I mean, I didn't, but yeah. who didn't they have were it? Everywhere. It, was, it was the Bulls, and it was like the Charlotte Hornets were yeah. really popular with, the, with right. the luck that they had for whatever And then reason. Jordan ends up in Charlotte. Yeah. Uh, with, Where is you know he what? at now? What's that? Where is he He's, with Washington? Like, yeah, with Washington. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, the uh, those those hats, those Bulls hats. It was back in the day too, where for some reason people left the tags on, yeah. and we had this guy on our hockey team. We went down to Minot, and he bought this hat, and the tag was on it all the time. And we were like, "Take the tag off." He wouldn't. Sheldon he was Crow. a trendsetter, yeah, man. He, That's he, cool. Now he, he apparently was. Um, how was your Halloween? I loved it. I had, uh, gave out some candy. Mm-hmm. That was good, and and. It was the first time I was in full control of the uh, the amount. Oh, you know, so you could so do like, what you wanted. Well, yeah, and and like you got you got to be careful. You don't want to run out. So we had we had some leftover chips. So we did uh, you know the sixty pack of chocolate bars, yeah. those little minis. So I was going uh, I was going three per bag, and then uh, and if they had a really good costume or they were older and and had some energy, I I added a bag of chips. We had. Uh, what were they like Miss Vicky's ones? I, I think there were something else. They were like they were like that style, but they were different ones. A Costco okay. Costco box of little mini bag of chips. Um, but I had this. I had one lady come back twice, and I was kind of like, hmm, like you couldn't make that mistake. We had a pretty. We had some decorations outside that were unique. Yeah. So she had to know until he was coming back a second time. Maybe she just wanted to meet you. No. A little bit more. Maybe get to know you a little bit. Yeah, more. no. She was with two kids and and maybe she wanted you to meet her kids. <laughs> I felt like we were being taken advantage of Dino a little it's bit. It's Halloween so I, speed dating. I it was her was... version of Halloween speed dating. Meet my kids. Yeah. Would you like to go for coffee? Can I have some more candy, please? Yeah, I didn't take the bait. Uh, so I, I limited the second time through. I, I was wise to them. Like, That's what? smart. So I only went two. Okay. We did. I, I'm I saw exhausted. what you did. I'm man. exhausted today. Awesome. I love Halloween. But it exhausts me. Me and my friends go all out. Uh, before, that I used to just be sitting on the sidewalk, and um, and I would be um, just jumping out and scaring acting kids. Acting like yeah, a prop, acting, and yeah, all of a sudden, like you're alive. Um, and and uh, last, this year, we decided to go a little all out. We, bi- we did a um, haunted manor in their garage, the Moganock Manor of Mayhem, uh, I was calling it. And it was pretty, yes, you saw the video. Legit. It was a lot of work. Uh, yeah, big thanks to my friend's uh, uh, father. Uh, he came out and ha- they were visiting her and my my buddy is, uh, her husband, one of my best friends. So he did a lot of the lot of the building, um, but it was good. We had, I bet you over a hundred kids come through. Oh, right. Nice. Yeah. Good. And kids and adults. 
And there were three groups that came back four or five times. Just because they, they loved it. They were getting so scared. And um, it was awesome. And uh, I was dressed up as this freaky scarecrow. And I was at the end and doing all these yeah, things. Yeah, looked good. It's, I love it. I absolutely love it. It kind of looked it. like a robot when I first saw the video. That's what the, that's, you, you that's the thing off. is. So you, you, the robot, and then you jump out. So they think you're a machine. Bah. And you know how many times I practice the, <laughs> your, uh, your so, right shoulder is yeah, sore. I gotta, I gotta have uh, Tommy John surgery on my, uh, <laughs> I tore my rotator cuff or something, but I, this is, I had to, I had to practice the blade comes up. You look to the door. The blade goes down when you're because you're when you're a, a serial killer would be looking at where he is cutting. It needs to be precise yeah. too. Or you're covered. You know how blown. many times I practiced this up <laughs> so I had it perfectly, and there were people, kids that come in and where they be. Is that real? Is that is that a person? Oh, that worked. A, and it worked. It scared him. Nice. And I have it. One kid got scared. So you you came in the haunted house, and then you came through these like uh, you know like um, grocery stores. You have to part the yeah. the plastic. Yeah. So that's what you had to do to get in my layer. And then this kid got scared so bad, he ran out the other way. And then he came back. He's like, ah, oh, you got me. Uh, so it was only one bad end. A little girl started uh, crying. I had to take the mask off and show well, her that so I was. Not so little. No, she was like 10. Yeah, yeah. 10, 12. That's yeah. fair game, man. And you were doing, you were yeah. going happier with the younger. Yeah, younger. when there was like two, three, like under five, we said, or like six and under, I would just be dancing as my scarecrow. So I wasn't so scary. The other ones I would hide and. And we set up cameras. So I'm going to be putting it out on uh, YouTube. Nice. Everybody will be able to uh, check it out. I love Halloween, but it does uh, it does exhaust me. So on today's show, uh, we're going to get an, an update and an announcement from Jordan on the uh, situation with Remax Field. We are, of course, going to recap an amazing World Series. And we're going to give you our top five World Series moments. Uh, so let's get to it. Hey, bada, 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 so bada. God, I'm looking at the curveball. Let's go around the horn and get the big news in baseball. All right. Um, the big news for you guys has been where will you play? What is going on with the city of Edmonton? Um, you have some really good news today. Probably not the final news, but you have some news. Have Lay some it news. on us. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're operational 2020 at Remax Field. All right. Yes, sir. Um, uh, we've been working with the city as our listeners would know and, and people in the know or have been paying attention are aware that we've been working on a long-term contract with the city of Edmonton. Um, just one of those situations, Dino, you, you, like you look at the river crossing and everything that, that may or may not be happening, all those potentials down there. And I think it's just, it's just easier to let's get, let's get going on this year. Um, you know, we're still working to secure a long-term future for sure. And, and, you know, uh, I, I, the ballpark's great. It needs a tenant. You know, we feel like we're the best option and, and, uh, moving forward, we're going to work towards that for the long term. Uh, but, but we're really happy that, uh, we're going to, we're going to put some player signings out here probably over the weekend, the next mm -hmm. few days here, uh, start announcing some of those things. You know, we've got our league schedule that will come out. Uh, uh, you know, if anybody's ever dealt with any type of scheduling, it's, it's just, it's, it's a crazy process, you know, because certain teams need or want certain dates and you have to match all those up. And, you know, there's quite a bit of travel and it's it's 10 teams. We'll get into that in a mm -hmm. second. And just making everything work. So there's a couple drafts that get sent out before the fi the finality of our schedule. Uh, so that's being worked on. Um, 2020 WCBL All-Star Game at Remax Field. Uh, we're really excited about that. Let's Let's tell the rain to go bleep itself this yeah, year. No kidding. Hey, like it, it, 
it, it was pretty funny how the day ended up clearing up and it was one of the nicer evenings after, early yeah. evening yeah. early after late afternoon early evenings it was that we so had calm eh? it was it was perfect um and we you know we we started and did most of the home run derby in wet not so wet where it's like this is ludicrous we're doing but enough of soft this rain wasn't fun it was fun but it sucked that it yeah. that it wasn't as much fun as it could be that's what i mean yeah, yeah. It, it was it was it, and yeah i don't know i i hate the rain i don't like <laughs> i don't i don't even like showering i hate water so i like swimming no, that's but why I, it's I, smell you yeah here. that's right yeah <laughs> i hate like sitting in rain so it, it would not have been fun you know and you, you know and i got i got, got a rain story like okay uh, i spent 12 years in nanaimo uh, there's a couple different Rain's styles. The odd time there. A couple different styles of rain. Okay. There, there's the what I call the the hot shower rain, where you're in a you know like when you steam your shower room up, and and there's mist and everything, and, and it's like you're probably getting some condensation on the walls and everything, but you don't feel like you're getting wet, but you are, and that that's a that's a Nanaimo rain okay. right there. Like you play through that, it's not even raining. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's raining, it's, but it's not even raining. It's misting, and, and then you get the hard rain on the island where sure. it's like dang. And then you come to Alberta, and this is funny that this is the way it is, but the drops are heavier. They're thicker. What? They're, the rain drops have more meat in the bones. What are you talking about? It's crazy, I know. Uh, so when it really rains here, it's like you, you really can't do anything yeah. in it. Um, and so that was kind of an Nanaimo rain at the All-Star game. I like The players that were in Edmonton for that All-Star game, do you know what? It was um, a special game. Um, you know, I had some trepidation. It's middle of the season. Guys are coming from all over. Uh, you know, it's not Major League Baseball, uh, but it is a celebration of our sport sure. and our league. Uh, we were really excited to host it, and we feel like we did a great job. We got feedback from the league, and everybody enjoyed it. Uh, but what I want to touch on is, is how awesome all the players from all over our league were that day and, like, the day and a half that they were in Edmonton. Mm-hmm. Uh, from the morning breakfast in, in, in the lounge uh, to hanging out in the clubhouse. You know, these are guys that, you know, we don't like each other in the season. And it had the all-star feel where we guys are buddies and talking to each mm-hmm. other. And, like, the camaraderie was there, you know, spending time with Matt Stairs. Uh, Stairs, he ended up going into the cage with a couple of our guys. So here's, here's a funny story. Uh, outside the lounge in our, in our clubhouse entrance, there's a little walkway into the dugout. And I was kind of going back and forth doing things to get get prepared for the game. And uh, Matt Stairs is there. The, there's a couple of the coaches from Okotoks are standing in the in the hallway kind of thing. And there's a couple of players. And Matt Stairs is talking, hidden. And, and and I'm like, man, I got like I want to be here. Yeah, that's so, right. So so I I run into the clubhouse. I grab Travis on. I'm like, Travis, you need to come with me right now. And on the way through, I grab Jake Gary. I'm like, Jake, you need to come with me. Mm-hmm. And so I bring these guys in. And I'm like, stand here. And so stairs, he was talking, just to talk and shop. Right. You know, what What a privilege that is. You know, guy's got 250 plus home runs. He had the big World Series home run. Yeah. Um, Most home runs by a pinch hitter yeah, ever. Like awesome. And he's a great dude too. It's easy to be around and talk to and listen. Easy guy to listen to. Um, and so through that, you know, I was like, I suggest, you want to jump in the cage with with my guys here for a few minutes here, Matty? And it's like, yeah, let's do it. So we went into the cage. I'm flipping front toss. Matt Stairs is working with some of the hitters. Um, unfortunately for the East All Stars, they didn't really get to dabble in this because he, right. he was on our side. So they're mostly uh, from Saskatchewan, and, anyway. and we didn't have a ton of time to do this before the game. But so my guys got some some one on one time with Matt Stairs, uh, and then the game, like the Derby, like dude, 
we had the towels out. We we're drying off balls. It was tough to throw the balls because the grass was wet and the balls go skipping through the grass. They come back in. It's not as easy to just dry them off. They still have some some precipitation, some wetness to the ball, and it it made it more difficult to lay it in there for the hitters, which is funny. Um, you know, so like Ken Wild pitched a little bit and try pressure's on the BP thrower here. Like he's trying to lay it in there for the guy, and it's the ball's wet. Um, so we we got through that. It was the derby was really fun, uh, great time. There's uh, shoot, there must have been 50, 60 home runs hit, and it's a big park, right? Like, and there's some mondo shots. Um, the winner was out of Lathbridge, Caleb Warden. He ended up being the league MVP. Um, it was a great time. So we're really excited 2020 to do that all over again and, and do some different things and, and try to increase the energy and enthusiasm around the game. Could you do a Saturday, Sunday, or does it have to be all one day because of the scheduling? Um, it, it's, it's tough. It's tough to do both days. Yeah. Just um, because we're looking at trying to do more of a weekend. That's what I'm talking yeah, about. Like we're yeah, trying, yeah. we're trying to make that work, uh, within the parameters of what, all the other franchises can allow to happen, travel and sure. get all that, all those things that need to line up properly. But we, we are trying to do that. So last year we did do a weekend. We like, we had the all-star right, game yeah. in Sandy weekend. We had some, some, uh, fans and people enter contests. That's right. They, you know, they had a day at West Ed. It was did, awesome. Like yeah. all that stuff. Go karting, right? Yeah, Go kart, yeah. golf. Uh, it was called the all-star game insanity weekend. Yeah. Um, so we, we, we took that idea and like maybe described as ground floor last sure. year. We think we can do some different things. You know, we're looking at some ideas maybe to do Saturday and then do the game Sunday. So some different ideas and then we're in, mm. we're in, we're in an idea business and kicking tires and try yeah. to make something work. So yeah, like a hot stove that. on Saturday would be cool. Like a baseball hot stove. Um, you know, if, if Matt stairs is coming in yeah. or, or a Matt, like yeah. that's an example, um, you get a few guys up there, um, you know, a guy with some broadcasting experience that can moderate it. Yeah, I mean, I'll put some words out, you know, just, put some feelers out, yeah, some, some if, other people. If really. you know of a broadcast guy, if you're listening to the show, you know, of a broadcast guy with experience that has time. Yeah, on I'll, his I'll have to hit you yeah. up for some suggestions. Yeah, yeah. I know a few guys though. That's, that's unfortunate. I know a lot of guys that have broadcast experience that have time on their hands, but yeah, I think that's a good idea to expand that. Yeah. Into, and we um, want that too. We yeah. see that we see the value in doing something awesome, and and the more kids and kid friendly type things that we can attract, you know, really it's that twelve U group that mm. you know, uh, the, like a lot of the older kids are really kind of in their seasons and stuff going on. So we we may not be able to get all of them in, um, depending on times. Like, yeah, you know, at night maybe we can stuff like that. But uh, the younger the ages, you know, to really capture their imagination with the sport, you know, and, and to use Remax Field as a conduit for that, mm -hmm. um, you know, the, the crown jewel of the River Valley, uh, you know, one of the greatest facilities for baseball in the country, you know, all those things we have here. And, and you know, we love doing whatever we can to continue to promote that and, and promote it in the sense of connecting with uh, potential baseball players girls and boys yeah you know get them down there meeting some of these um you know heroes you know when i was eight nine ten you look at a 21 year old you might as well be 50 you can't tell the age and, and you know big muscle and and very nice approachable guys like all the guys we had at the all-star game yeah. were great for that um actually some of the feedback you know we had was all the players really loved the autograph session after so on sundays at remax field for our games yeah. we always have you know, for the kids come yeah, up. Yeah, we have we line up and we we just interact with our fans, and and it's really fun actually. Um, and so 
the the visiting teams coming in they don't really know that we do that so you know, at the end of the day, it's like, hey, we're going to do this. And, and you know, we lined every, all the guys in different jerseys, everybody out there, and they get to connect with the kids. And um, all our guys on on the west side loved it. You know, I haven't talked to the east side. Mm-hmm. Everybody was loving it. And then we had the big team picture, and uh, yeah, it was really cool. Okay, so when you look at – so the, the All-Star game is coming back, and that's awesome. Uh, when you look at uh, – I don't know, long term, do you know much past next year? Or is that still to be, I don't know, negotiated, debated, or I don't know. Is that still in the up, up in the air? But you, yeah, you, know you're play, there. you know you're playing next year. The rest is to be determined. Yeah, yeah. And, and and like I said earlier, it's uh, it's about the, the whole process down that river crossing. Um, you know, we know that that gondola project is, is potentially happening, some mm-hmm. cool things around that. Um, and then we totally understand, like we're, we're Edmontonians, do you know, like we love this city, like any type of cool idea that spurs, you know, tourism here and like puts Edmonton on the map, sure. like we love all that stuff. And, and so, you know, we're, we're waiting patiently, uh, for things to kind of fall into place. And, and with that hopeful that, you know, we can be a long-term partner with that whole plan. Okay. Uh, but you know, at the end of the day, we're a baseball club. Um, you know, we obviously love the sport. We love Remax Field. Uh, we love our fan. Like that whole that whole dynamic, man. It, like like opening day, three thousand people. The buzz in that crowd. You were there, mm-hmm. um, dude. That's so like it's, it's unbelievably special. Most of the kids in our league uh, may never get that feel. They might play pro ball. They might play lots of different things. But the feel in that building, you know, if you've been to a big Oilers game, it's not obviously it's more amplified at, sure. at Rogers, but. It had that feel. It had the, you know, buzz and people. Mm-hmm. Oh, hey, yeah, all that stuff, man. And and then we walked off the game mm-hmm. and won it. Guys piling out of the dugout. Um, it's something that that not every athlete gets to experience, and we have that here at Remax. So we're pumped, uh, pumped to try and continue that past twenty twenty. But um, you know, we'll be announcing some player signings here coming up and uh, moving forward with building our relationships. You know, getting the word out again. Okay, that's great news. Um, you guys had league meetings, and unfortunately, there's a couple of teams that have to take, uh, uh, I don't know, a year. I don't know if it's longer. Tell, tell us about uh, some of the things that came out of uh, league meetings. And did yeah. did Sylvan Lake come up at all, the uh, possible expansion? Because I know we, we talked to Cam Moon about that. So maybe give me a rundown of league meetings, the good and the bad and the ugly. Yeah, we, Hopefully uh, there's no ugly. Yeah, no, it, uh, th- that's uh, confidential. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's good. That information is classified. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, two two organizations on uh, the Saskatchewan side are uh, you know, basically in a, in a year uh, of operations to, to get back on track. Okay. Um, Yorkton, the Yorkton Cardinals, uh, the Melville Mills, uh, they're going to take this year to kind of restructure and, and repurpose their agenda to to become probably more stable. You know, I don't know all the ins and outs of, of what they've gone through, um, you know, outside of, you know, maybe Yorkton didn't have a really good year last year, which mm-hmm. is unfortunate. Um, but I spent some time out there at goalie school when I was 11 and 12. They have a big time goalie school there. And then like, my brother used to go to that, the international goaltender school. He went there every year. We would go there in yeah, the summer. Yeah, I went a couple years, man. Um, Reg was the guy that ran that that goalie school. You know, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a really uh, awesome community, friendly. Um, yeah, I love Yorkton. You know, yeah. so I'm, I'm really hopeful that 
they get to the point where they feel um, stable enough to to go again. Uh, they're they're a big time part of this league. They've been around forever. This league started in Saskatchewan yep. and then has grown and evolved to where it is, what it is now. And GX ninety four, the radio station in Yorkton. Darren Dreger and Darren Millard both started oh, uh, wow. re- re- broadcasting there it careers. Is. So Yorkton's been, yeah. it, it is. The Terriers yeah. have a, a big uh, history in hockey. So you're right. It's a good sports town. Um, There's and, something there. Yeah, but they're not the only ones that are taking the leave as no. well. No, yeah. and, then, and then we go down the road not too far away that's with right. Melville. Um, and that's too bad because that's a great rivalry. Yeah, you know what, exactly. And, and they've had that through through generations of, of rivalries. Mm-hmm. Um you know, Melville's in the same situation. They're they're going to look to um, repurpose, uh, you know, the way they go about their operations, you know, basically. And, and you know, to, to make that happen, the, the pressure of getting everything done for this year didn't make sense. And, right. and so they're going to take their time and try and restructure and replan and, and get everything set up again. Um, so they'll come back to the league, you know, down the line here at some meetings and, and we'll see where they get to, um, you know, Fingers crossed. We mm-hmm. hope for the best for them. It's a little bit sad. Part of this sure is, is a little bit sad. Well, you're losing uh, two teams next year. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, and and two teams have been around for a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, and two. Medicine Hat moves east. Medicine Hat's going to move east. There's going to be five teams playing out of the east. Okay. You know, Med Hat's going to be that one team, uh, the the Detroit Red Wings of our WCBL. Yeah. Um, and and uh, we'll stay with five on our side: Brooks, Lathbridge, Okotoks, Edmonton, and Fort Mac. Uh, so five and five, um, and we'll we'll move forward with that uh, now to touch on the Sylvan Lake. Yes, twenty twenty one Sylvan Lake will be operational in the WCBL. Wow! Yeah, yeah, it's a really good group, man. Um, they're they're going to look to put a facility up there. Uh, the the city, I guess, is the city of Sylvan Lake. Uh, maybe speaking out of bounds on. Maybe it's a county or, or yeah, I think whatever it's town. Okay, I, I'm not sure it's big enough for a city. Yeah, um, but the area you could say the area because Red Deer they they're right next to Red Deer. Exactly. There's a lot of people on farms, and, and that's a great great point. Do you know is that is it that it is is that area um, that's important? Mm-hmm. Um, so that area, commerce wise, has got like a couple hundred thousand people within shooting distance of a ballpark in Sylvan and. If you're from around here, you know what Sylvan Lake is like in the summer. Yeah. You know, it's uh, it's hopping and popping and uh, lots of cool things going on down there. That's and awesome. There's energy, right? So uh, the town of Sylvan is, is, has a purpose some area. So this all came together with an idea for them to create, um, for lack of a better term, like a sports area. Yeah, like a complex. A Com- park. Exactly, yeah, yeah. with, you know, track and football and baseball and soccer and whatever other sports kind of fit in this um, area of land. So they're going to make this big co- complex community area. Exactly. Yeah. Right. It's a, where everybody kind of goes, uh, for, for athletics. And, uh, you know, because that idea was coming along, this group approached, they, they got together, they found a way to make this happen. Uh, so they're going to put a ballpark up. Um, you know, I, I, I'm, and when did you say they're joining 2021? 21. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um, you know, I'm they, just they texting our friend group. Cam moon that right now yeah, so he is. can get the vocal cords, uh, ready for that because he had said he would love to yeah. to do something well that's awesome man yeah. and no, then and you know hopefully by then a few other teams have their stability yeah can i ask you a question why Maybe. no saskatoon yeah good good question do you know good question so i think that you know it's a good market um i've i've heard they have a pretty nice ballpark there so i've always wondered why you know regina can have a team yeah 
but why can't Saskatoon? You know, uh, Calgary effectively has a team in Okotoks, right? You have, you have a, a, a team in Okotoks that's very close to a major city. Yeah. You have an Edmonton team. Why no Saskatoon? Yeah, well, I've always well, wondered you could that. Even, you could even look at, like, why no Calgary team? Yeah, but part at least of, you have a, a team in that vicinity. True. There's no team near right. Saskatoon. Yeah. No, you're right. Uh, th- that would be an ideal landing spot for, yeah. for our league. And maybe down the road. Yeah, down the road. Yeah. You know, and there's, um, you know, our league our league functions as uh, as an entity. So th- there, there's uh, subcommittees and committees that are tasked with, you know, vetting out ideas. And sure. One of them's expansion. You know, another yeah. one is, you know, technology and, and every, all the things that encompass a, a, a pro sports league, you know, everything that you would want the NHL or the MLB to mm-hmm. be looking at doing, um, you know, our board of governors work through those, those, uh, processes. So, uh, yeah, you know, Saskatoon would be a good spot. Calgary would be a good spot. Um, you know, there, there's been some talk that, you know, maybe another area around this, mm-hmm. this part of the woods might, might be interested in, in doing something as well. And, yeah. Well, we heard, months ago about spruce grove from john short yeah yeah okay well that's good um some good news um um, some news that isn't great but still could have a good ending with a couple of teams and um you know moving forward uh, onward and upward uh, for the wcbl uh the major league baseball season is now complete and the nationals win in seven steven strasburg named mvp um i i don't you know what I, I, I'm, I'd imagine there's a, f- a rare amount of people that could say they predicted this when the playoffs began. A, a wild card team that almost lost the wild card game. Yeah. That was it? The you know, beats the, beats the 106 Dodgers, sweeps the Cardinals, and then, you know, wins every game on the road to, to take down Goliath. Like yeah. this was David versus Goliath, and it went the distance, and it was amazing. And game seven, well, maybe not as uh, crazy as game six, still had cr- awesome moments. Like, was there a dull game at all in this World Series? It didn't seem like it. There was uh, that 12-3 game kind of got away. I think that was game two. That's right, yeah. But th- that was but close for a while. But it wasn't dull. It, it got to it the point moments, where you're like, yeah. uh, you know, maybe I'll flip the channel. This one's over kind of thing. But that happened later on. Yeah. Um, no, man, it's... Uh, what a display for baseball. You know, I'm already in withdrawal. You know, it's uh, the day. I, it, it was kind of funny. Like, well, what am I going to watch tonight? Uh-huh. You know, like, thank God it's Halloween. I got something to do. Scary movies. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, yeah. MLB, you know, there's a lot, a lot of talk surrounding, you know, the, the popularity of the game, attendance. You know, are we, are we capturing the youth or do kids care about the game? Um, I don't know, man. Like, uh, like, for sure, you obviously always need to be, working towards attracting new fans mm-hmm. and, and new fans are usually the younger generation. And if you can capture their attention, you may have them for 50 years. Uh, so the, the play there makes sense. You know, if you didn't like the game at, you know, the age of 40 or 50 is who cares? Like, you know, as long a, as a 12 year old likes it. Exactly. So we can get him for the next, uh, however many years. Right. right. Um, attendance was down a little bit in MLB. I, I don't think it was down enough to sound any alarm bells. I know that they're concerned that... It wasn't down in the postseason, though. No. And that's, you know, like... I, I want to uh, see the TV ratings. Yeah. We'll see when those come out. Um, you know, their concern right now inside the game is where where is the fan base in 15 years? That's what they're talking about right now. 
Um, and, and I think they were saying the same thing out of the strike. You know, when Cal Ripken broke the record, that you know, where are we going to be at mm-hmm. in 15 years? Have we done too much damage to the game? Um, the game is special. It's a, it's beautiful. Um, the storylines of this postseason alone uh, would capture the the imagination of fans, and and I think it's important that new fans are created. You know, not in the regular season, but through the wild card and the postseason in all these markets that get into the playoffs. Like we saw with the Blue Jays right. and how crazy Canada went for the Blue Jays. You know, people aren't walking around Edmonton uh, this summer with Blue Jay fever, but they were a couple of years ago. And yeah. and so if they have a young son or daughter, they're interested in the sport. Yeah. And so the damage was done to get these kids in, interested, right? So yeah. the, the more success that you can create through parity and more opportunities for teams to get in and, and have that eighth inning comeback in the wild card game, you know, Milwaukee and Washington that created fans in those markets because they were watching their mm. team, you know, with their mom or dad, you know, they're six years old, they're eight years old. They're just experiencing bonding time with their parents. So that's where you capture the fans. And I think that MLB and the playoffs, uh, I mean, shoot, like how, how could it have been any better? Yeah. Well, we just look at this world series specifically. It like, we have never seen a, a road team do that. Yeah. Both history, road teams. History. Like that, that was, yeah. it was a historic <laughs> world series. I mean, how do you not win a home game? How does either team not win a home game? Like it is insane. And it was history in, in the good way, not the made up way of like, Hey, uh, the home runs hit in, in road parks under the lights on even number yeah, days, like, right. like all those it was things a stat that come, you can understand. Yeah. This is a tangible stat yeah. that is most likely going to stand the test of time. Yeah. And in 20, 30 years, we're talking about this, the way they did this. Mm-hmm. Do you know what the great thing about this year is the NHL and major league baseball, both went to game seven and you had surprise winners in both. Like I'll ask you better story blues in last place in January the coach gets fired and they win the cup or the nationals without Bryce Harper, 19 wins in the first, what, 60 games, or I don't know, whatever yeah. it was, their manager was talked about get fired. They almost lose the wild card game and they win. I'm going to le- le- lean towards the blues a little bit because last place, but the nationals is still an incredible story. Like, the amount of Bryce Harper talk that went on, mm. I've never heard more talk <laughs> about a guy not in the playoffs than this year. Yeah. Oh, it's uh, 19 and 31, man. And, and for them to be able to uh, find that rhythm, you know, it would have been really easy to just, you know, win one, lose one the rest of the way and just have a disappointing season. Not make the playoffs. Yeah, yeah just, just kind of like cash it in without cashing it in. And, and they were able to find a rhythm. You know, after whatever it was, May 31st, they, they had the them and the Astros had the two best records in yeah. in the ba- in baseball the, the rest of the way yeah yeah so and that's the funny thing about about sports is is you know even with a hot start or a cold start it's like at a certain point if you're able to start firing on all cylinders your record doesn't matter it it's the level you're playing at the other team can't match it and so the Nationals showed that onward from May 31st they they you know probably by the end of June they had hit this stride right. where they found ways to win one run games. They found ways to score that extra run in the third inning. Mm-hmm. They started finding ways to do the things that winning baseball teams do, right? And that get that's that's momentum and yeah. that's contagious. And now everybody always believes and then they create this clubhouse of belief. Yeah. 
like kind of like screw everyone. Everybody was counting us out. Now we're 500 and now we're five games above and so on and so on. Yeah. Steven Strasburg, um, you know, first overall pick really hyped, uh, was kept out of the playoffs at mm-hmm. one point. Yeah, uh, there, there, there was a lot of stuff kind of in the, the Steven Strasburg universe, right? Yeah, like yeah. there's just, a, there was a lot of stuff floating around over top of him about, is he as good? You know, where should they have shut him down? Well, he, he went out and he just said to everybody, this is who I am. And by the way, I'm going to get paid in the off season because he can opt out of his contract yeah. and make a lot of money if he wants to. Um, just his performance in the, in the playoffs, um, you know, he, he, the the Dodgers touched him a little bit. Um, Turner in that in that game, uh, in the, like the the first inning, but you know what? For the most part, he was dynamic and yeah. a very you know you you could have picked a few people uh, for for MVP, but he was pretty worthy MVP candidate for the World Series. I agree. You know he he got touched a little bit, but he always found a way to stop it. Mm-hmm. You know it was never it never uh, compounded into. You know, a short outing and, and like a six run inning or yeah, something. Yeah, you know, he found ways to get out of that. And um yeah, that's a really cool story for him to reach the pinnacle of the sport in the fashion that he did and, and um basically just said no. <laughs> Nobody's gonna do anything off of me. Um, you know, it heralded, you know, one of the the, the the most heralded baseball draft picks ever. You know, Bryce Harper was as well. But Strasburg was the year before Bryce Harper, and it was this this dude's unreal. Like yeah. this guy in college is the guy, you know, flamethrower, Nolan Ryan, Rod, Roger Clemens, like that type of um, elite names. The elite names were put to, to him of what he would become. Uh, and maybe he's not the 98-plus guy. Um, not, not There's nothing too shabby about 94 to 96, right? But um, the command, the composure – one of my favorite moments uh, that we'll get into is it's not in my top five, but I love the three, two curveball. He threw Kyle Tucker and what was it? Game two. He was in trouble. He'd thrown him fastballs and changeups, uh, bases loaded. I think it was. And he goes three, two breaking ball, froze him. And then they ran into the dugout and scored. Yeah. That was Kurt Suzuki came up Hit second pitch run. the next day. Up three two fantasy team member Kurt Suzuki. <laughs> there it is. I know I don't member. get any points for it, but I'm still proud of him. You know, like that pitch, that pitch, it, it, it just adds to my memory. Like, yeah, I was following, like, you know, uh, watching the game and following that bat and playing the playing the game in my own head and being like, hey, what am I throwing here? Am I going back hard in? Am I going to throw that good change up and hope I get that swing on it? And he goes curveball. But who would be thinking? Who would be sitting on curveball there? I, Nobody. You know, I, uh, honestly, I, like I wasn't. You know, I'm playing the yeah, bad outs, a lefty. You know, probably his curveball is his third pitch against a lefty. A good lefty can use a fastball to both sides of the plate. The changeup's devastating. Oh so my that's god, a, that changeup! Yeah, it was. It was out on social t- media. How <laughs> the drop on it? Like that's just disgusting. I know, and it's like filthy. He decided not to do that because he had already thrown it, right. and he went. So is that the catcher's call? Is it both of them? Like, like yeah. I don't remember him shaking anything off. No, or anything. yeah, yeah. You don't see guys shake too much. Um, yeah, it is a catcher's call, and and it's the pitcher's confidence in the pitch that Be allows the catcher it, yeah. to, yeah, yeah. The th- and and he, you know, he felt like we're going to do this. Yeah. It's, it's a little bit of a trick, a little, yeah. little bag of tricks. Nobody's up, up expecting it, exactly, yeah. and and it worked in that in that fashion. Uh, Max Scherzer couldn't couldn't get dressed for Game Five. What a wimp! Had had to have his wife dress him. <laughs> 
gets, I, I think, cortisone. I, I guess yeah, that's yeah, what they shot him up shot, with. Yeah, I've yeah, never had a cortisone shot. I don't yeah. ever want to have a cortisone shot, but it sounds like it's a miracle worker because it helped the Nationals win the World Series. When Scherzer couldn't pitch, I thought they were done. He comes out in Game 7. It's not exactly Kirk Gibson 88 off the trainer's table, but it's still pretty gutty. You got kind of gutty, Dino. Yeah, like, like it's... a little bit. <laughs> like, it's, it's pretty... Yeah, he couldn't even walk. The, like, That's two, what I mean. Like, like the guy couldn't get dressed, and oh, then he goes wow. out and helps them win. Warrior. It's amazing. It's a baseball warrior. We hear this. Man. We hear this about. Okay, Ryan Smith, two thousand and six. Pronger hits him in the face with a puck. By the way, he never went and apologized. Smitty goes and gets uh, stitched up or whatever. Comes out, sets up the goal. Uh, Mark Matt. We hear these stories in hockey all the time. Baseball, you know, the, the Gibson off the trainer's table is legendary. Yeah. This is this is up it's, there too. Yeah, it's close. Uh, you know, I had a couple guys on my pitching staff last summer that were were baseball warriors: Hunter Boyd and Taron Olton on the mound. They were seniors, um, so effectively, potentially, unfortunately, you know, maybe that's it for them. Um, you know, obviously, I want them to have opportunity um, and, and hope they do get it if they want it, because um, both guys are, are baseball warriors. Take the ball and go to work. Um, you know, there's no way that they felt great all the time and there's no way they felt real good at the end of the summer. Um, but they went out there and, and, and did their job and, and, and it wasn't, you know, we didn't, we didn't ask them to do anything that we didn't think that they could handle. And, um, their competitive nature, you know, was really good for our ball club. Uh, and for some of the younger, younger pitchers to see those guys, you know, kind of at the end of their, their eligibility, go out there and, and leave it on the field the way they did. It, it's inspiring to mm. work harder and, and put yourself, give yourself an opportunity to be in that situation when it's your time down the line. Um, and, and you know what? Scherzer did that, man. 35 years old. You know, when else are you going to have this opportunity? You may, like with Strasburg in 2012, and it took mm. to 19 to get even close to get to this point, right? So um, for what for what he did to come back and... and um, Got it out. You're right. He was in trouble. Yeah. Multiple times. Yeah. But he got himself out of it. Made, made a couple pitches, dude. And and that was awesome to watch. I love that guy, man. I got a surprise for you. This is uh Dave Martinez. Um a little bit after May 31st. We won a game yesterday. And if we win one today, that's two in a row. We win one tomorrow, that's called a winning streak. It has happened before. So let's see some hustle. Let's jack it up a little. This is my favorite part. I got a feeling things are about to turn around for us. Well, they did, man. They turned around for the Nationals. So uh, I, I love that. Sweet uh, I love that part. Um, I love the fact that the uh, Expo connection with Dave Martinez, That's what I wanted man. to go to. We, we all know that the Nationals used to be the Expos. Yeah, we do know but that. But there is a... An actual a, connection yeah. between... <laughs> so so tell us about... Uh, what you call him? Mad Max? Yeah, Mad Max. Mad Max is uh, Max Scherzer. Um, the in national. Oh, Park. I thought you were calling Dave Martinez Mad Max no, in a tweet one time. No, that Mad Max. Max yeah, yeah. Um, in Nationals Park on the concourse, when you're walking around, there is a little spot of Expo's history in there. Not very big, um, but but there is a recognition in there. Um, and I, like I'm an Expo's fan, so so when they left in 2004. You know, I, I, I draw the parallel to like, if, if the Oilers left town and, and people in Winnipeg have said this. And I like, was in Winnipeg when this happened, dude. You, you know, like, what what do you do? I was living there. Yeah, like, what do you do? It's, it's I'm not just an all of a sudden Arizona Coyotes fan. It's like, yeah. you, so anyway, like the, the Expos left and, and that's a long time ago now. Um, 
the Nationals, in, in my opinion, really haven't done a ton. They they threw the jerseys on this year. They gave them karma. The yeah. You know, they, they oh, you think that's the karma? Oh, that's a had to have been. Oh, okay, I like that. Um, well, you know, they, listen, they, podcast karma for a couple of your players yeah, and yeah. your owner, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. WCB awards quickly. Yeah. Uh, give us a rundown on Cat, Pat Cassidy and the others. Yeah, yeah. The awards. Uh, Pat Cassidy was named Executive of the Year. Um, you know, we had probably our most successful season uh, record In, record wise. Yeah. We did. We were able to hold our attendance despite average, the rain. Despite the rain. Yeah. Um, for us to be able to hold the ad intent attendance average and, and create new fans because of that mm-hmm. uh, was great. And then, the, and, you know, I think that the, the, the level of success, the all-star game was on and off the field, um, led to that. Um, you know, and there's some, some other people in the office that support Pat too. And, and, you know, I think that they're probably a big part of this as sure. well, you know, with Ryan and Keaton. Um, and then we look at uh, first team all-star outfielder, Travis Hunt, uh, in my opinion, for sure would have been in the MVP talk. Um, dynamic player, man. You know, he had seven bombs, 40 ribs, almost 30 stolen yeah, bases. Yeah, stole a lot of bases. You know, hit 347, hitting the middle of the lineup. You know, I think I, I, think I sat him two games. I, I, like, he's an everyday mm-hmm. guy. Great story about Trav, man. When, when we first get our guys up, we, we know them, but we don't know them. And so we play them in right field. We were playing... Uh, the Confederation Park senior men's team, the Cubs with Dan Chappelle and, and right. ECBC's head coach, Ethan Elias. Uh, that was like two days before the season. I was yeah, at that game. Yeah. And, and, and Ethan's on the mound and like, man, he's a pro guy. Like he's pretty good. Like, yeah. so he's one of the better guys he we face. pro ball. Exactly. Yeah. And, and he's got good stuff still, maybe not where he was, but sure. like we take that, like he's really good. So he's on the mound. I'm like, oh, great. You know, we're going to play a men's league team. kind of a tune up game for us. And we got to face maybe one of the better guys we're going to see all summer. So we had to grind and battle them, um, but that's a different story. Ethan Ethan's tremendous on the mound and, and a great coach. Uh, Tra- we put Travis Hunt in right field, dude, and and so the coaching staff, you know, we're getting to know guys. Like, what a show that kid put on. That night with his and, arm. And, and it yeah. was just hustle, determination, attitude, like I'm going to lead this team type mm-hmm. guy without, without beating your chest. Yeah. You know, he was a quiet guy, did his work, put in extra work. And went out and played the best right field I've ever seen, and like patrolled it, made plays, range, gun, arm, the whole deal came on, came in on balls. Uh, low line drives were tough to tough to read, tough to catch. Trav made it look easy. Um, so from day one, he captured our attention, and it was like, okay, well, there's our starting right fielder. Mm-hmm. Like the, there's no competition. Uh, and then you know we got on the mound uh, with uh, Hunter Boyd, uh, first team. Uh, Hunter was our ace. You know, we brought him in to do that. Um, he lived up to the hype. Um, you know, great guy. Uh, great job with, you know, connecting with fans. He was the guy that kind of led the charge, was playing catch with some of the little little guys and girls cool. in the stands. Uh, big game Hunter, man. He beat Okotoks twice. He beat Swift Current in Swift Current. Um, you know, took the ball and gave us what he had all the time. You know, two innings in the All-Star game. Had a bunch of strikeouts there. Started the All-Star game. A well-deserved uh, award for both those guys. You know, we had a couple other guys I thought were going to get in get in there somewhere, mm-hmm. and they didn't. And and you know, for me, uh, what Taron Olton did for us this year on the mound uh, was was special. Um, you know, like that guy, that guy's a baseball warrior, dude. He's yeah. he's a guy you want on your on your pitching staff. And you know, unfortunately, he wasn't awarded anything. But um, you know, in our clubhouse, he's wearing he's wearing an award uh, for the kind of kind of character and, and determination he brings to the table. 
and we had a couple other guys that that weren't able to to get on the on the the all-star teams but we had a lot of guys right there um really kind of a balanced squad in that sense Okay, so we're we're gonna spend some, you know most of the off season talking about moves where guys are gonna go. So yeah. we'll, we'll save that for later. What's gonna happen with Houston's team? Uh, yeah, okay. You know, you know things like that. But let's talk about some of the uh, immediate managerial yes. moves that, like David Ross, get into that goes from playing to broadcasting to managing. Yeah, uh, it sounds like Carlos Beltran could be <laughs> the new Mets manager. What the hell happened to paying your dues, working your way up, learning how to be a manager? These, these millennials, Dino. What is that? I though? think I'm in that. I think like I'm at the very back end of that yeah. terminal. Anyway, but what is that though? Like wh- <laughs> how? Like do you uh, do you like these moves? Well, uh, I don't know. Like, I, like what? Don't, don't you think a guy should learn how to be a manager at some level? Like, listen, we say this in Edmonton all the time. The NHL is not a development league for players or coaches, right? You know, and, and Major with League that, Baseball shouldn't be either. Well, with, with that logic, you're right. You know, and and but you know, these are 20 year Major League Baseball players. Um, you, what they're gonna do, Dino, is surround themselves with a super experienced bench coach and a pitching coach that's seen everything and done everything. So, well, why not just go out and get a, a an experienced manager then? Well, you could look at it like you, you want to make Carlos Beltran your bench coach and then hire the ex- experienced manager and have them tutor and that's yeah, that's that yeah, would that's be it. you know that's the other way to look at it. But don't give the keys to David Ross. Yeah. Well, you know, we're going to find if out. If you're going to give them the keys, make sure there's a, a brake pedal on the other side. Remember driver's ed? You go to do <laughs> yeah. the driver's training and the, the, the well, driver had the pedal? That's what the experienced bench coach brings to the table. Yeah. I, I just would not, I do not want a guy going from playing to the broadcast booth. Here's the keys to my franchise. I just don't like it. I'm like, broad, playing, broadcast booth. Here's the keys to my double A franchise. Learn the ropes. We got a spot waiting for you if you do well. Well, you know that Ryan Sandberg took that route and, and I think he's still down in the minor <laughs> leagues. You know, he can't even get a shot. Well, but that maybe that he's not meant to be a manager then. Perhaps, I don't know. Yeah, perhaps. I just yeah. I just don't like guys doing that. Like David Ross, we talked about this. He might have to bench one of his best friends. Yeah. That, that might not go over well. I don't know. I, I don't know. Uh, anyway, well, there's some other guys. Are we going to touch on some? Sure, of yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so we got uh, you got David Ross in Chicago. Mm-hmm. You've got Jace Tingler in San Diego. Yeah, kind of came out of nowhere it with did. that name. Um, that's going to be fun. Yeah, I might I might consider getting a Padres jersey oh, with nice. Tingler on the back. There you go. Um, yeah, Joe Madden in LA. Mm-hmm. I don't think that was ever a surprise to anyone. No. We were fit. on that train. Let did the day yeah. the Cubs. Oh, were he's not going back to Chicago. He's yeah, going he's to LA. Going to LA yeah. um, he had an interesting speech on YouTube. Uh, Maybe it's a more of an address to to the the media avail. A uh, bunch of his play, a bunch of the uh, Angels players are in the front row. It's at it's at right. uh, Angel Stadium, and and uh, it's worth a look if if you want to hear Joe Madden talk about uh, kind of in, in, inspiring, inspirational talk, but but not so much like um, you know not not a, say, a weekend seance type thing. He he just talked about the game, the team, and, and the levels of of accomplishment in baseball and where they want to get to it. It was cool, cool to listen to. It's on YouTube. It's a Joe Madden, uh, kind of an availability. And there's a bunch of the players are there in sitting in chairs. It's like a teacher at the podium mm-hmm. and students in the chairs. You got Joe Girardi in Philly. I love this move. I absolutely love this move. Okay. So when he was fired in New York, they said he couldn't relate to today's players. Yeah. How has that changed? I think it, you're right. Um, 
That's what the I, word was. Anyway. Uh, yeah. And I'm not and, saying and he that, said that. But, I think that's probably accurate that, okay. um, you know, he's there for a long time. Um, you, you maybe get sat in the ways you do things and, and it's a well-oiled machine it's it, the Yankees. as it yeah, was, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So it, it was well-oiled. This is how they do things. Mm -hmm. And maybe that wasn't conducive to some of the younger guys that they, they were, they were experiencing some turnover and club hosting chemistry turnover. And, and maybe it just made sense to bring a new vibe in mm. with that as it, as it developed. Yeah. Well, uh, listen, it's Joe Quenvo was an awesome coach in Chicago. Uh, he got let go and now he's with another team in, in Florida and the good managers resurfaced. Yeah. Well, I think he's going to bring Girardi stability. Was up for, he pulled himself out of a job last year too. He was up for a job somewhere. I don't, the name, the team escapes me and, uh, he pulled, he pulled his name out of it, but he's a good manager. Well, I think that's, man, I just really feel like that's what Philly needed. And, you know, I obviously don't know any of these guys or what they mm -hmm. do. Or, I just felt like Gabe Kapler, you know, that was his first shot at managing. And, and A.J. Hinch went through this. His first stint wasn't great. Um, you know, Gabe Kapler came in. He's a little bit different. Different thinker as, as the um, the old school guys are kind right. of how things have been done. And, and you know, I, I respect that. I think that that's important that, you, you know, you can do some things differently. It's it's sure. not it's not nineteen eighty. We're not robots, man. Exactly. Not so, every manager is the same. And I think Joe Girardi will bring what he brings is uh, you know pedigree. You know, For sure. he, he's one reputation. Um, the, reputation. The players can look at him. Yeah, the players are going to look at him and say, "This guy, Coach Jeter. Yeah, you know, this guy coached one of the best players in the game, and they won." I hope he can do that with me too. Like this guy, you know, uh, there's Joe a Tor credibility yeah, there. Joe, Joe Torrey was the guy who developed Jeter, right? As the, the, the manager, he was there the longest, but Girardi came in and they didn't lose, miss a beat yeah. until he got let go. So like, I think Bryce Harper can look at it and say, okay, what can this guy, what, what level can this guy take me to? Yeah. It's, uh, I'm not saying Bryce Harper is going to be at Jeter's level, but yeah, no. And, and like no knock on Gabe Kapler, it just, uh, where they're at in their careers, sure. like Gabe Kapler, you know, may end up being a Girardi type in 20 years where, knows, you know, yeah. he's that guy that comes into a team that's right at that level that mm -hmm. maybe this needs something else to, to pull vault itself uh, ahead. Yeah. Um, you know, like ultimately like you got to fix that pitching staff or Gabe Kapler has a job if they have more sure. depth and more options on the pitching staff, you know, and they win seven more games and they squeak in or get into the playoffs. Gabe Kapler, the Nationals done. He's still there. Yeah. You know, Dave, so, Mar Dave Martinez almost got fired. Exactly. In May. Well, and, and you know, look at their pitching staff: Corbin, Strasburg, Scherzer. Yeah. You know, if you can't get it done with them, you probably Animal do Sanchez. get fired. Exactly. Yeah. They're not bad for. Um, Philly needs to improve the pitching staff. That's that's it. Like that, you're you're going to stay there a long time yeah. if you have good pitchers. Yeah. You know, ultimately, but he brings a level of credibility and professionalism. Not that Gabe Kapler doesn't. But, but he's Joe got a built-in resume. Yeah, yeah, he does. He does. Okay. Um, anybody else? Mike Matheny and KC. That's right. Yeah, because uh, they brought him in Ned as Yost like a, left. Yeah, right? they brought him in as kind of a special assistant to the organization. Yeah. And, you know, what a surprise! He was in St. Louis, kind of like mid Midwest type guy. Yeah. And and he's had success too. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, and I, I've heard Matheny speak at the ABCA uh, yearly annual convention. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, six thousand coaches all get together and you know learn spend time together, talk, talk shop, hear presentations. Uh, and they always have uh, a couple of like keynotes. Mike Matheny was one. It was really great listening to him talk. I've heard uh, Terry Francona before, and he was awesome. Told a couple of Manny stories. Um, and now you're looking at some of the other managerial openings. 
uh, in New York. We touched on that. Yeah. Carlos Beltran. Also, Eduardo Perez. Yeah. Who's in the booth. Yeah. Maybe they're kind of down to the two guys. I think it's important that the that, that guys have the ability to uh, converse in Spanish. I think that's a big deal. Yeah. And and with, with New York, they've got some, some Spanish players. And mm-hmm. who doesn't? Um, I think that's important. Um, I'd love to learn the languages personally. I love the, I love the language. Okay. I, and I'm, I'm just playing devil's advocate because I, I do think it could be a, a benefit. Is it a necessity? Like, I don't know a lot of NHL coaches that speak Russian or Sweden or. There's not as many impactful Russians on your roster as there are uh, Spanish speaking players. Good point, Dino. What? It's not even close. Like your you whole organization has, you might have 40 Spanish speaking. Is, you think there's. Well, how many Russians are on the Oilers? No, no. I'm talking about in the NHL. Like, in, you know, when you, when you look at your roster and you have all these, these. Uh, well, we've got some Finns and some Swedes, right? So speaking those languages would right. probably help, but. I'm just not, I don't think it's a necessity. I think it's a benefit, um, but I don't think you have to uh, speak the language. Like, I just don't. I'm not saying I think we're at me player, personally. A player has to learn English, but they should. They should, yeah. But but like Vladimir Guerrero never learning English was weird. It's still their second language, and your ability to connect with somebody yeah. you're around for nine months and I be able to speak help, their yeah. language, I'd, like so. Juan Soto um, speaks English, and and when he was going through the process, you know, at the age of 17, 18, 19, uh, he made it a point to only speak English so that he could learn that. That's right. Um, but the fact that Dave Martinez speaks Spanish, they, they can, they can converse on a, another level if they need to. Yeah. Um, I think it is. So what do you do? Do you do half your speech in Spanish, half of it in English when you're no, talking to the locker no, room? No, like this is, this is more like one-to-one stuff. Yeah. And, and, okay. and, you know, maybe your, your middle, middle infield, your double play combo, both speak Spanish. You can have a quick chat in Spanish in their native tongue. Okay. You know, maybe it helps somebody that's new to the organization feel more at home. Um, I just, uh, you know, I, probably at the end of the day, the, the, the most value is it doesn't hurt that you can do That's it. That's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. Like I, if I was a major league baseball manager, I would be learning Spanish yes. just because, yeah, um, it can only help. Yeah. 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 And I, I think, I, I that's think it can help. Yeah. Well, you look at like the white Sox, man, like a lot of their impact guys are, are Spanish speaking, mm-hmm. um, you know, among all, all teams, um, you know, just trying to figure, kind of think of who's got the most guys that, that you know, are kind of in their, their core guys, you know, everybody's got Spanish speaking right. players and you know, here's a, here's a good example. I would have loved to have been able to talk to Javi more in Spanish last summer. Okay. And, and he spoke very well in English, uh, but Spanish is, is, is you know, is his first language and that's where he probably feels most comfortable. I never asked him, but you know, Spanish is easier for him, mm. although he's really good at English. I would love to, you know, talk to him in Spanish, you know, and have that connection um, as his manager, and there were times that we, we sat down and had chats about life and baseball and approach and fielding and this, that, and the next thing. And to be able to do that in Spanish, I would have uh, appreciated that uh, from my side. And, I, you know, Javi probably would have too. Mm-hmm. So I, I see the benefit there. All right, let's get to a little history class. Let's get back to the action. This is the Prospects Baseball Show. All right, uh, going back to 1968, there's not a lot of history uh, because Major League Baseball has not played into uh, or gone this deep in the season only a few times, yeah, right? Yeah, uh, a couple times. Uh, 2001, obviously, because uh, 9-11. And then 
There was another one you said played in November. You Chicago Cubs twenty sixteen. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. The what? legendary. Yeah, the Chicago the Cubs curse. ended their curse on my birthday, which is November second. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Happy birthday, yeah. man! Yeah. Woo-hoo. So I wish I had a happy birthday drop. So for you. forever, the Cubs won the World Series on my birthday. That's, that's awesome. It. Like that's cool. They ended that uh, they crazy ended the curse. curse. I knew it. I just felt this whole time. Yeah, I'm like, you knew it. They got to play in November. 7th. We were just waiting. <laughs> so 1968. So we'll start there. Denny McLean uh, wins the AAL Cy Young, 31 and six record. One of only five guys to do it since 1917. There's not a chance we'll ever see a 30-game winner again, just like we're not going to see a guy score 76 like T. Mussolini or even 70 goals. Really? You think 70 is out of reach? I think 70 is out of reach. Yeah. I think 60 could be hit. Ovi Ovi was in like 61, 65. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Not recently, though. Like when Ovi hit 65 years ago. Okay. He, it's uh I, I we're not seeing 70 <laughs> goals again man yeah. are you kidding me yeah unless they make the soccer nets well you said that you're never gonna see it never all right we'll, we'll never when see they, 70 when, they, goals. when the, the nets get bigger here you're gonna be <laughs> eating your word <laughs> do you think we'll ever see 30 wins again in baseball guys aren't even no you know uh, they, you know they, they, it'd be awesome it's it'd be the fantasy guy it'd be like that <laughs> like to win fast you got to get those good relievers the okay. guys that are picking up like eight, nine wins, you know, throwing fifty-five innings, the, the like the big time relievers that come in in spots yeah. and shut it down, then the team wins. You know, it, it, like with the way pitching staffs are, uh, here here's a scenario that I don't think thirty, but I do think that a reliever could end up with openers and all these kind of things. Traditionally, you need to get through five to be to be the to get a re- win, the right. pitcher of record. Um, record, yeah, you're right. As we see things evolve, perhaps we see some evolution into, you know, one, two inning guys all the way through. And then how do you figure out who gets the win there? You know, maybe, maybe we see relievers start being able to kind of push up towards 15, 20 wins out of the bullpen in a non traditional bullpen role. Okay. 30, I, I agree. But 30 is out. Like what's the, what's the cap? 23, maybe? Guy might win 24 games now? Yeah. I, I put that 30. at the. Like it's tough to win. Thirty-one 15. and six for yeah. Denny McLean, yeah, and then yeah, you know, he had some issues. But he was on TV. I used to watch the Eli and Denny show out of WDIV. I think it was in Detroit. <laughs> uh, okay, so two thousand and one. Uh, we just kind of talked about this. The first Major League Baseball game to be played in November. It was the Yanks D backs uh, in the World Series. Uh, that was the uh, Scott Brocious um, tying. To, I think it was a two-run homer, and then Soriano singles in Chuck Knobloch. The Yankees were going to lose. Uh, that World Series, but it was that the, was a uh, crazy World one. Series too. Because yeah. Young Young was giving them up. Yeah. It's like Arizona should have swept that That's series. Right. Like they yeah, should have yeah. won easily. And every yeah. time they went to be Young Young Kim, wacko wacko, yeah. bomb bomb, and then they ended up. That was also the same playoffs where Jeter had the flip play uh, against the Oakland A's. Um, and interestingly enough, so the D backs win that World Series. Go to it. Go to it. What? Go. Uh, you want to. The similarities to this? No, no, that's oh, oh, no, no, that's later. Right, right. But what I'm saying is, it's interesting. The D-backs win that series in 2001. Three years later, they're hiring Wally Backman as manager because they just <laughs> had the worst season. Uh, they they were terrible before that, so they win, and then uh, they're on to uh, Wally Backman. And then uh, 2005, he, he didn't end up lasting there. No, he, he like did not last. There, yeah. <laughs> Um, and this is awesome. 2005, you and I both love this moment. Uh, Jackie Robinson, Pee Wee Reese embracing 
as Brooklyn Dodgers. In 2005, a bronze statue of Jackie Robinson and Pee Wee Reese was put up in Keyspan Park in Brooklyn, uh, home of the Mets affiliate. And that, that's awesome. A, it's an amazing moment from yeah, that movie yeah, and, and, so and history and life, right? That, yeah. that was real. That's a life moment. It is. All right. We're going to dive into our top five 2019 playoff moments next. Let's get back to the action. This is the Prospects Baseball Show. All right, so we're going top five 2019 playoff moments. Now to wrap up the show, you can start. You can go five through one, and then I'll follow suit. I'm, okay. Now you go up first. Go. Yeah. We're going. Do you want a drum roll or something? Yeah, I was kind of hoping oh, okay. like some sort of intro music, but that's fine. <laughs> I'll go in uh, cold here. Uh, I got number five, uh, playoff moments of 2019 MLB. The Cardinals pound the Atlanta Braves in game five. 13-1, right? <laughs> like, or something like that? It was like 10 nothing after the yeah. first inning. Man, uh, I, I, I've, I've been through that once in, yeah. a, in a crazy game uh, in the Super Regionals in 2004. Uh, it's a best of three. We win game one. We end up losing game two. We were up in the in the bottom of the ninth inning. Two strikes, two outs. Guy hits a home run to tie it. So they ended up winning an extra. So we play game three. We were up 12-7, mm-hmm. Dino. It was, it was after the fifth inning. I think it was seventh, but don't quote me. We were up 12-7. We ended up losing 29-12. That's ridiculous. And so the last inning or two innings playing defense, you know, like we're done. Like <laughs> it was over. So I, I, I felt what that feels like to, to be done and not have a chance in a meaningful game. Um, that was a crazy, crazy turn of events for the Braves. And I really like the Braves next year. Let's see Soroka go earlier. They need to reconfigure how they're going to use that pitching staff in the playoffs, maybe underestimated, uh, the level of their opponents in the sense that they need to get those guys lined up differently. Like Soroka needs to be on that mound more. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, you know, you know, what's interesting is the Cardinals then got pounded in their ser- the, the clinching game against the nationals. And I, and I was watching that game and I'm thinking watching the Cardinals beat the Braves in that 13, one game. And I'm thinking how, as, as a, as a, brave player how do you even finish this game like, I, I, I don't even I, I know how you do it I, got, I was on the field my senior year being like my season's over yeah we ended up going to the world series anyway uh because we were the at-large team however but how yeah. do you finish that like <laughs> but that's their seat they know they're done you at least thought okay we can like they're they're done and then later that day the dodgers lost and i'm like i wish i was a Braves fan because then it, <laughs> it would have been uh, the pain would have been uh, uh over early all right what's number four number four the comeback versus the Brewers, Washington Nationals on October 1st, the pivotal eighth inning, the misplay in right field, the Juan Soto single mm-hmm. that gets by. You know, they were down, like how many times we see the Nationals, oh, they're down and out, and they weren't. What a, like Soto, man. Like for me, he's a left-handed hitting version of Albert Pujols. Yeah, you mentioned that. Um, that's what I'm sticking to. I love making those comparisons, like Trout's mantle. I've been, I've felt that for a long time. Like we're watching... What we're watching is what that is, in, in my opinion. Um, Soto, big hit, man. Like, big hit guy all mm-hmm. the time. You know, <laughs> uh, 
Uh, and then the ball skips by the outfielder. Like, I feel so bad for that guy. Uh, Grisham, you know, you, you feel feel for him. It happens. It's over. He, and he was really good at ball. He went up to, like, he faced the media and yeah. st- stood up and manned up. Um, so that's my number four. Uh, you know, we're not even talking. The, the whole course of history would be different without mm-hmm. that play. Um, number three, I got the call. I'm dubbing it the call. Okay. At first base, Trey Turner. Um, you want to get into this a little bit? Sure. What do you think? Right it was a terrible here. call. What's terrible about it? The fact that the throw was bad, and he makes they they Joe Torrey came on after the broadcast and said he made contact with the the first base. It wasn't his fault. The throw was bad. That's why there was contact. Yeah, and the fact that they took so long to figure it out, <laughs> and 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 the whole time all they're trying to figure out is that the Nationals are pl- trying to play the game under protest. It was just ridiculous. So I thought the call was bad in the first place. Yeah, I didn't like the response from Tori. Um, I've seen this play many times. Uh, I've seen right-hand hitters run further inside fair territory because you're trying to affect the game and the throw and make it difficult. Which, but do you think Trey Turner was doing that? No, I don't. Okay. I think he was. I think he was as honest a runner as you could almost be in the back of his mind knowing that he doesn't want he's got a chance to be safe he doesn't he want to screw it up i really feel like that's probably what his instinct was now when when the ball arrived at the bag with him being at the bag on time like all that those things um in in my interpretation of the rule is when the batter runner is inside and this is only right-handed hitters because lefties don't deal with this the batter runner you know squibber swinging butt um is running and basically on the grass, if we can remember the play. Like every every cut's different on fields too, so the length, the, the room that you have. And so the runner starts on the grass, you know, the big back, nice and wide to make that angle and that throw really difficult. It's a visual. Sure. You're trying to attract either getting hit with the ball, which means you're out because you're inside, mm-hmm. or create that bad throw. And on a bad throw with the guy inside. So if there was no contact there, Dino, and that throw went into right field, which which you see in youth baseball a lot. Yeah, he'd like, be going to second. He'd be going to second, but he's out. Who's I go, out? I go out there. You don't have to affect you don't have to interfere with the throw. If you run inside and interfere with the attempted throw, you're also out. So I would go to the umpire and say, Look, my guy can't execute that throw. He was running inside the field. They could confer. He said, Yeah, you're hmm. right. You know, on appeal, he's out. I thought Trey Turner did as good a job as he can as a right-handed hitter, as honest as yeah. You, like, and but that wasn't if that ball would have went into left field like that, you would still called him out. You would have agreed that he would have been out the way he was running. No, I don't. I don't. I don't like that he was out. Yeah. So just for on the record, me personally. Yeah. However, the way it was ruled is yeah. Part so of it was the ruled rule. wrong then. No, it was ruled right. No, but what you're saying it's, is it's bullshit. It's bullshit. Right, but, but if if that ball goes past the first baseman, you think Trey Turner should have been called out? No, I don't. Okay, okay. No, yeah, like we're on the same page. Okay. Yeah, it's just that rule. It, it doesn't, it leaves gray area because of the, mm-hmm. the, the the interpretation by the umpire. Um, If I'm running there as Rayham doing what Trey Turner does, yeah. and I'm probably a little bit more inside the field of play, but being inside the field of play, it means this. Okay. It seemed like the umpire just, was looking to make this call when it happened. It wasn't something that he saw. He was like, he was looking for it. 
and maybe saw something that wasn't quite there. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, I don't like that call. I lo- I love baseball for the sense like you got to execute that throw and make that play. Yeah, that's yeah, that's on the first baseman or the uh, throw rather. Yeah, not on the first baseman. It's on the on the uh, yep. the the guy the making pitcher. the throw. That that play, if you're going to place any fault, is on the throw. Yeah, yeah. All right. What's number two? Number two. <laughs> The call at first base. <laughs> it is, man. Number two, I've got number two moment of the playoffs. I've got Howie Kendrick's go ahead home run in game seven off the foul pole. I love the idea of the foul pole. I love it too. I called pole. my wife in to watch that. I'm like, you got to see this. The foul it's pole. It's a foul pole. I you love know, it. Carlton Fisk's yeah. trying to wave it in is one of the most iconic moments. The What's the the pesky pole yeah. in, uh, in Chicago? Right? There, a little sauce pass yeah. inside the pesky pole. So I love off foul poles. It was right before he hit that, uh, they had the pitching change, and I was texting with a good friend of mine, and I'm like, don't throw him a fastball inside here. And he didn't, and it was down and away. And Kendrick did a great job going the other way because he hit that home run yeah. against the Dodgers. It was That's an inner, right. inner yeah. third fastball. It got too much white, and he smashed it center field and, and ended the Dodgers' season. Yeah. And it was expected when you see that pitch. The, when he went, goes down, you're not thinking that's going to happen. No, like it was, it was a good pitch. Yeah, that's what I and mean. And he yeah. just did a great job. I mean, you didn't see a ton of power the other way. And he, there, there you did. Yeah. So, so for me, I mean, obviously that's game-changing. You know, no doubt about that. And... The, the the cool level the, the the cool factor hitting that foul pole um and howie kendrick kind of was a big time story for that mm-hmm. ball club those nationals man well he was the nlcs mvp i think yeah, right yeah yeah a couple uh, big home runs and number one number one moment of the 2019 mlb playoff season is the final out the celebration uh daniel hudson throwing a 94 mile an hour a three pound leather glove towards the on deck circle. I love that. What like, is he doing? Exuberance. Um, like just awesome, man. Like, and the, the, to get the strikeout, what, what better way to end it? Like, like it's perfect. You want to get that strikeout and then Yang goes ball right into his back pocket, man. Like I'd be like, nobody, nobody gets this ball. I'm keeping mm. this right. I'm sure the world series is going to come calling, but the hall of fame. You know, yeah, yeah. 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 Hall of fame. Uh, as soon as he caught it, he got <laughs> right, right into the back pocket. I love Hudson's reaction. Launched the glove. I just thought this was crazy. Super cool. It was super cool. Yeah. yeah. And, then, awesome. and then the dog pile and all the good stuff. Yeah. Okay. So my top five moments of the 2019 playoffs. Let's hear them. Uh, number five is, uh, Juan Soto, uh, bases loaded single. Uh, to beat the Brewers, as, as yeah. kind of you had talked yeah. about. Um, not quite Bill Buckner, but huh. a, a mistake, yeah. right? Yeah, a mistake, so, yep. um, number four is uh, game six. I got two moments from game six. This one is Bregman and Soto <laughs> carrying the bats. You know, and, and it's interesting. Bregman did it, tried to hand off to his uh, coach, and it's in foul territory. And you know, Strasburg is pissed at that. And then Soto says he saw it and wanted to do it as well. Yeah. And then after the game, Bregman's like, I, I shouldn't have done it. Uh, David Martinez didn't. Nobody liked it. I loved it. You know what? <laughs> and, and I know Strasburg is pissed, but if you don't want a guy to carry a bat down to first base, don't give up the home run. That's the way I, I don't, I don't care that there, there could be repercussions and you gotta, you gotta be ready for them. If you're going to show somebody up like that, yep. but if you don't like them showing you up, don't give up the home run. That's my advice. If you don't like it, sorry, it's a free, it's not against the rules. Yeah. It maybe is against the code, yeah, whatever that yeah, bullshit is. Code, yeah. I'm going to pull out, I got the code here. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, 
the the uh, invisible code of baseball. <laughs> but I loved it. I, I just thought, you know what? That's it's a cool moment, right? It's like. Um, Guys that uh, mimic other guys' sack dances or, you know, um, Joey, Nick Bosa against Baker Mayfield when he sacked him and planted the Ohio, planted the flag because that's what Baker Mayfield, I just love that stuff. So that was number four for me. Those guys care because I've never seen anything like it. I wish Bregman wouldn't have, you know, bumbled it at the end and the bat bouncing in fair fair territory. But what's the first base mode? Here's the bat. I guess he's like, what what are you doing? I'm not the uh, bat boy. Number three is also from game six, and it's the entire seventh inning. You talked a little bit about yeah. it, but it reminds me so much of the Blue Jays-Royals. Yeah, really. You had uh, catcher interference for the Blue Jays, then all those errors, and Blue, then... Blue Jays-Rangers. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blue Jays-Rangers. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. yeah. And then... Um, uh, and then the the bat flip, obviously. The catcher's interference was... <laughs> the Russell Martin thing, yeah. And, but then those three errors. So this one didn't have maybe as much, but it was almost as long yeah. because you have the play. Turmoil. What did you call it? The play? The call. The call. You have the call, and then you have the headset gate, and then you have Davey Martinez losing his mind, uh, and yeah. then and then a home run, which, yeah. you know, yeah. it didn't come back to bite them, but it was very, uh, reminded me of the uh, the, the Jays Rangers. And, I uh, wonder what was really said there for Dave Martinez to go complete ballistic. But he had, they had to hold him back. Uh, and then no, he got that was kind of funny. Like, David Hill, like. Getting abused, and they're worried about Dave Martinez's heart too. They're like, hey, <laughs> calm down. He was ready to go. Uh, number two, uh, I am going back to the ALCS hard hit ball. I think by Brett Gardner goes off Jose Altuve's glove. Yep. Carlos Correa races over, and we've dissected this play before, play. and throws out DJ Lemayhu at home. It's Jeter esque. Um, it was awesome. And then he goes on to hit the game winning home run, which wouldn't happen if he doesn't make that play. So basically Carlos Correa is my number two. Yeah. Like this guy had an awesome, awesome play. So did Jose Altuve. And we've talked about his story before. It seemed but like right at the end there, Altuve kind of went down a little bit. Struggle like, a little production, bit. Production, yeah. game six and seven. Well, after you get your team to the uh, World Series, there's kind of a dip yeah, maybe. Yeah, somebody somebody sure. else help out around here. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, Carlos Correa and, you know, Jack Cookson for Pro Am Sports, who was on our show a while ago, him and I were talking one time. He's like, he's sitting seventh yeah. at one point in the lineup. Dangerous lineup. And number one is just Nats winning in game seven and Strasburg the MVP. Um, you know, the, the Nats maybe some money. I predicted it was going to go in seven and he was going to win the MVP, but I'm really happy for the storyline. You know, they win all the games on the road. They weren't expected to be there. Strasburg finally gets his due. He could get paid a lot. Dodgers, if you're looking for somebody, open up the checkbook. Okay, here's a question. If you are the LA Dodgers, who would you spend more money on? Garrett Cole or Steven Strasburg? Garrett Cole. Doesn't have the track record in history of potential arm issues. Okay. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. Because I've that, seen that some alone. people say, go get Garrett Cole. Um, after what Strasburg did. Oh, I mean, yeah. It's, it's, you're not, that's you're your not, consolation that's, price. Yeah, that's an awesome but, consolation But if, I, if I'm making a business decision, which it is, and that's what you asked me, yeah. if it's just yeah. a business decision, I'm trying to get Garrett Cole. If money's no object and say they're within two or three million of each other, mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I'm really pushing to get Cole. Yeah, if all things are kind of relatively yeah. equal, you're going for yeah. Cole. Yeah, and and like what a consolation Strasburg mm-hmm. would be. But. So maybe Cole goes to the Angels and the Dodgers get Strasburg if he opts out. Man, like to to get that level of arm, like if the Angels can do anything, like that. I mean, they're just like the Phillies. Mm-hmm. They need arms. You need arms. 
That's a, you, you need arms. It's been proven. Do you need his, arms? You need arms. Okay. The history of the game. You need <laughs> arms. Like all these great stories involve this Strasburg. This is a simple game. You yes. need arms. You need arms. <laughs> you lollygagging you're around. Lollygaggers. You, you, you lollygag <laughs> the ball around the infield. You lollygag your way down to first. You lollygag in and out of the dugout. I like Larry here. You know what that makes you, Larry? Lollygaggers. Lollygaggers. But yeah, you're right. Uh, it's it, it, you get the arm. It's an arms race. It it, is. Baseball is an arms race. You Power know, is sexy, but yeah. arms win you the game. Well, and you feel like you can find guys like like Sogard, the Tampa Bay picked up. Mm-hmm. You can find some pieces. Now you can't build your whole offense around you know one year deal guys. Right. Like, but they got Mike Trout. They got Otani. You know Cole Calhoun had a big year. You know they they need to do a little bit more on the offense. But I think that's easier to have happen. They got Joe Adele coming. Um, huge prospect uh, the Angels have, you know, athletic outfielder. Um, they can flip it quick, you know, if you ever, if you ever, you know, strike it rich with a Juan Soto type young player that really mm-hmm. just settles in and can be a big leader right away. And you know, obviously that solves a lot of problems, but the arms, you, you need the arms. So mm-hmm. they got to do work there. All right. You got some work to do now that you know you're playing at Remax Field. So get out of my studio. Yeah. Go get some players signed. Yep. And uh, you'll be back Monday. I don't know what we're going to do Monday, but we'll figure something out. Um, what we're going to do here um, as the off season continues, uh, December is going to be kind of a look back at. We're going to take a look back at uh, the WCBL season, your season, the Major League Baseball season with some of the guests that we've had on our shows at different times and give you the best of them. And then uh, kind of into January, we'll start. And, that, and that's when Major League, uh, the the offseason starts going, right? Yeah. Let's hope it's not a dead free agency uh, era. Like, the, you know, the dead ball era. Yeah, no, Let's it, hope it's not the dead it, free agency well, it, area it might in Major League Baseball. On. Like, we might be looking at this into February, unfortunately. Yeah, and that but, will suck. But there's some big time. There'll be rumors. There'll be things to talk but about. But let's not hope that the, uh, you know, who are the guys like Kimbrell and Keiko and those guys that are just waiting. And I, I hope that doesn't happen again where guys aren't getting signed and there's talk of collusion. So yeah. hopefully we have a good off season. Well, and we've uh, got some potentially some really nice guests here coming too. Yeah, we do. You know, we're going to circle back on Crush and then there's a few others that we've reached out to that I think would be awesome for, for our listeners and just uh, just a pleasure to have on the show. Yeah, look into the uh, development side of yeah. uh, baseball. All yeah. right, uh, good show. Have yourself a good weekend. We'll see you back here in a couple of days on our regularly uh, scheduled day of Mondays. Thanks very much for joining me, man. See you, Dino. Ban the shift. <laughs> it's gone. It's a grand slam. And that's the ball game.